yeah i'm pretty sure that's how that works yeah and i'm i'm of course brett my name is brett hanrahan <laughs> of course and of course brett hammerhands i am joined by my bud your bud who your boy is uh he is a uh, a successful musician He's uh, working yeah. on his stand-up routine right now. Uh, he's been not doing well. a lot of right. I'm sorry. Please don't talk when I'm introducing Ooh. you. Uh, I need my mic. <laughs> uh, avid fan of Comedy Bang Bang. Likely to be a guest on it someday. Uh, he's just going to force likely. his way into the Earwolf Studios. It is Lucas. Lucas, what up, YouTube? <laughs> like comment subscribe press smash that like button so you make sure to hit the bell you've been in run the jewels far longer than i have but you've somehow never listened to this first album dude i don't think i have been into them far longer than you have I, i'm pretty sure the first time i heard run the jewels was on their second album and that came out what five years ago and i don't even think i heard it right when it came out yeah. I've probably been listening to them for three, four years at this point also. And yeah, very, it, it tripped me out when we were talking about doing this album for the second episode that I had never heard it. I immediately, when you were like, let's do run the jewels, our first album, I got excited. I was like, yes. Oh my darling. And, oh, Zach De La Rocha. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I love that fucking record. And then we started going through the songs and you were like, wait, I don't, th I think you're talking about the second one. I was like, no, I'm talking about the first one. And then I look, I was like, I haven't heard any of these songs. I got so excited that there was a whole Run the Jewels album I hadn't even listened to. Oh, man. It, it's that that is must be an exciting feeling. <laughs> it was very exciting. It was it's yeah, it's like finding out, you know, that, that Pink Floyd has a record that you've never heard of. Now, honestly, like they are at that level, in my opinion, of hip hop. Like they're at they're the they're one of the the like Mount Rushmore rap duos i mean they even before run the jewels these guys have been like very prolific in the rap like community in the game you know and i had no idea yeah it's when i first heard them this is this is how i heard about both of them you know because i i believe yeah, this was same. kind of their first big mainstream uh kind of coming out story <laughs> kind of like they had both just had um really good really big records for the two of them like kind of critically acclaimed records yeah the year the year before they started working on this yeah so they were kind of referencing that in some of these songs too where they're saying like yeah we're we finally fucking made it essentially but lp produced the record of killer mics that blew up i think it was called like rap yeah rap something and then yeah and then lp had put out a, his own record that had also been kind of big that year so but I had only heard of Killer Mike on, um, I'm pretty sure he's on Kryptonite. That song Kryptonite that got like huge. By Three Doors Down. Yeah, he was the guest MC on the Three Doors Down song Kryptonite. Wait, are you, I thought you were joking. What are you talking about? No, dude. <laughs> no, dude, there's Kryptonite. no, there's no guest rap verse in Kryptonite. <laughs> there's a rap song called Kryptonite. By Big Boy. Okay. All right. Of Outcast, And I'm pretty sure Killer Mike. Yeah. It's featuring Killer Mike. It's, dude, you know it. He goes, uh, I be on that kryptonite. Straight up on that kryptonite. Oh. I be on it. Straight up on it. Uh, like, yeah. I used to love that song. And it came out, I think, right 
when I graduated high school and I fucking loved it. And I had no idea until I had heard the second run, the jewels record that I was like, who the fuck is killer Mike? Who the fuck is LP and started looking back on them. And I was like, Holy shit. Killer Mike was on this song that I loved and had no idea. I mean, they, they've been, I didn't know it was him. They've been huge figures in the underground, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure LP did something with, uh, with um, a Canadian rapper that I like a lot called Chaos. I want to. I I'm pretty sure I remember LP being on a few Chaos songs. Can't mm-hmm. can't confirm that, but um, I don't have something called the internet that I could look it up on. Yeah. But also, Killer Mike had been on like an old Outcast song from on Stankonia, I think. Which, but I'd never heard it. But yeah, I I didn't know. Like I was like, yeah, I kind of like danced around these two guys for a long time with the rap that I was listening to and never actually listened to their stuff. And honestly, I, I still haven't, I haven't heard anything other than run the jewels. Like I didn't, I haven't gone back. It's, you know, I haven't, I've, I've downloaded a couple of their albums with the intent to actually listen to them, but I've heard them in far more features than I thought I would, mm. you know, ever since I figured out who they are. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I can't. I, I don't even know any features that he's been on on uh, LP. I'm sure Killer Mike's been all over the place. Yeah, LP's been been around as well. Like I keep, there was a there was like a week when I was just listening to all these rap albums and I kept hearing him and I'm like, oh my god, dude, like get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like you, it was it was too much LP at that point. It was I I heard him like on every album. I, I, I don't know where I got these albums from but they must have been fed to me by lp <laughs> I, I, little do we it's kind of the same thing with alchemist uh that i didn't realize like oh my god so much of the hip-hop that i've loved for the last 10 years alchemist has had a hand in it with a lot of my favorite rappers and i had no idea until recently when i you know got really into action bronson i'm just like dude alchemist does my favorite beats and then i started going back into his shit i'm like Oh my God, he did so many beats that I love, like Kendrick beats and and mm. Schoolboy Q and all these people that I had I had no idea. And it's like, yeah, you, these kind of producers kind of fly under the radar a little bit. Like that's mostly what LP was, right? Before, yeah, I mean, he was mostly a producer. He he did do a good amount of rapping, but he did he? he was always a producer. Mm. Yeah, see, I I uh, assumed that he was just mostly producing, like, and he's an incredible rapper. Like him and and Killer Mike, like they're both so fucking good. Yeah, dude. They, I mean, they 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 just come out with without mercy, just relentless on this album. Yeah, just the the wordplay and the alliteration is what I I love the alliteration the most. Where they just like they'll just keep repeating that first <laughs> letter and just kind of build off of it, and they'll do so much internal rhyming. Yeah, it's it's it legit. Um, I I have to when I was listening to the record, I wanted to read along with the lyrics at the same time, but I couldn't. Like I couldn't. <laughs> it's one of those they they the way that they do it, like the, they're so good at rapping and they're doing so much in each line that it really like you legit have to stop and take the moment to yeah. register what you just heard and, and make sense of it and then go on to the next line. So I was doing that the second time I listened to this was like listening to the song, reading along with the lyrics and then stopping and then really reading the lyrics mm. and then moving on to the next one. I did that with every single song. I couldn't like, I had to go through and read each one and it's just, there's so much, 
nuance and wordplay like on almost like an Eminem level. Yeah, it's you know, especially the the faster songs like, you know, Run the Jewels, like you you can't keep up. You have to pause it. Uh a Christmas fucking miracle is a little easier, but even then they they're so you could tell their experience and they've been doing this for a while. Uh with the way they write raps and lines and uh have all these metaphors and uh, calling out to all these people and you're like they're like call out this person like oh who's that guy all right now i gotta like look up who that guy is right. so i can understand what this line is about <laughs> right yeah dude it, it was a lot of that for me too that it's like uh wait, who's he talking about oh it's a marvel comic character like i never heard of this and i started kind of diving into like who's this marvel character he's talking about and who's like it's it's it is really hard to keep up honestly and the i don't even know what you call it but the I don't know if it's intonation or it's just like the number of syllables that they use in each line where it's literally they fill up each measure with as many syllables as they can, but like perfectly, um, obviously like on beat. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just like they feel they, they do it like, like they say this, they say it the same way, the same. They don't ruin the flow. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no, the flow is so consistent and just like, just they they hit it the same way on every line almost and it's so impressive that i was thinking while i was listening to it if they possibly do each verse in one take i I can't imagine that they do (laughs) like i I have to imagine Uh, that almost every line is patched in because it would i feel like it would be so hard to keep that up like i was reading it to my girlfriend and i couldn't keep up the (laughs) rhythm while i was reading it like i got i would get like my eyes would get kind of like cross-eyed for a second yeah. and I would stumble and I'm just like well there goes the whole fucking cadence <laughs> the cadence that's it that's the word cadence I, was I mean no <laughs> it's really it's it's really fucking cool it's really unique too I, I can't think of a lot of rappers that do that type of delivery and they both do it like fucking flawlessly yeah and I'm it on this on the entire Run the Jewels discography, you can make an argument for which one is better, but honestly, they're they're both excellent, you know, and they have their own uh, yeah. kind of strengths and weaknesses, and I feel like they're they're kind of on the same level. I w- I would say that too. They're it's like Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy, like they're both on the same level, and they both do it slightly differently. Yeah. But they're both so good at the same thing, which is that cadence. They're, they're both so on point with that. And they, they're both down to deliver it that way. And it seems like the beat almost makes them have to have to. <laughs> it makes them want to do that way, maybe. It's just like that beat is just so like fucking hype. Every beat is so hype. Yeah, I remember we were talking about Run the Jewels at a show a long, long time ago. And you, you and me? Yeah, you. You brought uh, up that like they're one of the only rap groups that kind of makes beats like do 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 that has that kind of driving beat to it but it's still a groove but it's very like it's very edm yeah and super edm and this record is very video game music inspired (laughs) it does have a lot of that yeah there's a A lot there's like a a good amount of like sweeping synths you know that kind of have the beebly boobleeps going up and down the arpeggios yeah going and the uh very glitchy 
distorted mm-hmm. like snares and basses and and um, let me dude some of that cheesy lead guitar stuff that you'd find in like <laughs> 80s and 90s video games like that was on this also dude yeah like that i loved it the production on this album is so fantastic it's it's very hard for me to get into a rapper or a rap group that has kind of cookie cutter beats that don't really have anything in their music to interest me, mm-hmm. which is why Run the Jewels immediately like became one of my favorite rap groups because every LP is just he's always got something new. It's always something interesting. He has a lot of layers that you wouldn't hear at first but the more you listen to right. the song and they put on headphones the cl- more closely you use it and you hear like oh he like does this sound one time on this song and it adds to the beat and you wouldn't expect something like that on these types of songs yeah these are the these beats have a lot more going on than you would normally find on most hip hop like i feel like uh there's other guys like earth gang that mm. do kind of a similar stuff with their music where it's just like there is, you know, three different synth layers happening at once. And the beat is not a simple drum and snare. Like there's all these little like ghost notes even going on in between. And, and yeah, these little uh, beeps and boops like he called out. Like, But I feel like LP, I mean, his style is so him. I don't know if there's anyone else writing hip hop beats that sound like LP stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to hear it if so, because like just like Alchemist, where Alchemist like samples super old records and does them in a really cool way. Um, LP does like the future version of those types of beats where he just like he'll he used to sample a bunch of shit. And now it's just like, dude, I'm just going to use an 808. I'm going to use a fucking uh, like whatever synth Moog keyboard and just like go off and write a whole fucking album. Like, how do all of his beats all blend in together and all sound the same, but they're all so fucking good. And, and they're, they're also unique. You know, they, they sound the same. They're definitely made by LP, but it's not like you get in this repetitive zone where it's like, Oh, this song sounds like the last song. And this sounds like the last song. They're all very unique beats to each other, but they still got those same LP characteristics to them. Yeah, the aesthetic is there. Like, he has such a unique sound to his beats. It's really, like, you're not going to hear it anywhere else. That's what I love the most about yeah. it. Like, the closest thing I can compare it to is, like, grime rap from the UK. Yeah, you know, this is, when I first started listening to these guys, they are kind of the, I wouldn't go as far to say punk, but they're kind of where rap would be if it had a lot of rock influence but not really rock instrumentals it has a very rock feel i thought that listening to this record i was like dude this is almost rap rock but it's not rap rock but there's no it's not what you would think when you think of rap rock it's not like rage against the machine or any any new metal or anything it's 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 still very much rap but with a rock attitude aggression yeah it's super aggressive music and it it begs 
for aggressive lyrics and aggressive delivery, and that's what they do. And LP has like such a smooth delivery, but he can sound fucking mad. There's one song on this record. Um, man, I gotta look it up to make sure which one it is. But he, LP, it's like he's talking shit the entire song, and it's some of the best shit talking I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this album is just shit talking. They're, they're in so bravado. good at shit talking. <laughs> they're so good at <laughs> they, it. Yeah, they they ex they are expertise. They are experts and putting at it, it in really really unique ways too. They I I want Action Bronson to be on one of their songs or for them to collaborate or something because they the three of those guys have such a unique way of expressing themselves. Where like Killer Mike will use social commentary to kind of talk shit, and mm-hmm. he'll use history. Uh, specifically like a lot of times black history to like talk shit. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awesome. It's like how action Bronson uses food to talk shit and LP uses like his production prowess to talk shit. It's like, they all do, like are doing it in their own way and it's super unique. And uh, it's, yeah, I, I think like I, I watched a show with killer Mike. He has a Netflix show called trigger warning and I've really cool that. show. Yeah, really, really cool show. And one episode was about how he wanted to only buy black-owned products, like companies that were owned by black people, uh, and wanted to only buy like black-owned toothpaste and black-owned um, toilet paper and every product that he could possibly find. And he found out how hard that was to do that, like how few mm. black-owned companies that there are. But the whole time, he's like, Killer Mike is so fucking smart and he's really uh he's really like an activist deep down. Yeah. He, this very dude much. is a, is very educated. So it's cool listening to uh him talk shit in a way that almost a black historian would talk shit, but a dude, a black historian <laughs> that like grew up you know, kind of rough and fucking slanging drugs if he whenever he had to, but then also he's just like, dude, I'm He's so he's also so well educated that it's it's really it's a really cool mix of the two. Yeah. Do we want to uh, do the same thing that we did the on resignation where we kind of go song by song and talk about it a little bit and yeah for sure break it down if I mean you know we, we don't might... have to do it as in depth as we did last time obviously <laughs> Arch Bandits are a, a passion of mine. No, I think this will definitely be a bit shorter. Then last time, a little less detailed, just because while they're really good lyricists and a lot of good lines, it's a lot of bravado and shit talk. Yeah. And you again, know? it's it's kind of hard to um, talk about each beat for very long because it, it they all blend in and they're all so similar, but they're all also so good. So it's just like, how many times can I say like, oh, man, I love the deep bass. Oh, I love the synth. <laughs> you know, like I tried basically calling out like. Two, one or two specific like instrument parts that I like, you know. Um, yeah. One second, I'm gonna take off my hoodie. You feel better, babe? I think I am ready. I have a little bit of a different setup now. Um, Spotify legit wasn't fucking opening on my laptop. I waited 15 minutes for it to open, and it still wasn't doing it. So, oh my god. <laughs> what I did? Oh god, I have to fucking turn off. I have to turn on the AC or something. It's so hot in here. One second. Edit that out. Edit all this out. Uh, well, we'll see. What if I say something very salient? 
and very Somebody cool at this point. Mark, mark the timestamp. Lucas is a dummy. Lucas is a gun dummy. Oh, hey, God. before we start talking yeah, about this yeah, record. Yeah, that's on you. Please click on the link in the description of this or in our bio or wherever you can to go listen to this on Spotify before you listen to us talk about it for way too long. All right. I heard you saying something, but it's all good. Uh, so, yeah. So, Spotify wouldn't open because um, it's fucking a piece of shit. So, I have this open on YouTube. So, I'm actually going to be listening to the instrumental version of this album while we're oh, talking about it. Okay. Yeah, because I thought I want to at least be reminded what the beats sound like. Um, yeah. And if As we, we're if, going through it, if we can jump into it, dude, I'm so excited because I love this first song so much. And I thought it was a perfect introduction to the band. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's cool because it, it is almost an intro. They're introducing themselves also. Yeah. And this song, it's it's cool. They, they, the song is called Run the Jewels. And uh, so they're just like, all right, let's tell us. Let's let us tell you who the fuck we are. You you begin the song, and you hear these noises kind of start fading in, which reminded me of a band, like a rock band, that would kind of start with some guitar feedback, you know? Yep. With it. And then, dude, here are two of what might be the most underutilized instruments in rap, which is a tambourine and an organ yes the organ <laughs> they, is so great dude it is so choice on this on this record, and also it, they had some bongos in there right um man i don't know if i heard the bongo specifically but i love the tambourine with the deep 808 bass oh, playing dude. underneath it it is the tambourine and the, and the organ are very like church feel i feel like that's what he's going for yeah it's like, we're, we're about to take you to fucking church. We're about to do our sermon and fucking let y'all know what we're about. With that guitar delay. Ding, 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 uh, ding. The little delayed guitar hit. Very Pink Floyd-y. Oh, dude. Just echoes I... over it. And this song is actually, it took me. So I got to admit, dude, the first time I listened to this album, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> Oh, okay. First time I listened to it, I was a little disappointed. And I think it was because Run the Jewels 2 and Run the Jewels 4, I think, are almost like flawless albums. And this sounds like their first record. Despite it, on second listen, A, I was high. And B, I was like... How high were you? (laughs) I had just freshly smoked a bowl. So I was riding pretty high on like an 8 out of 10 and was listening to this the second time while reading the lyrics and just all I did was sit down. Like the first time I was playing video games and like hanging out. Second time I was like sitting down with it and reading the lyrics and just like trying to vibe to it. I liked it so much more the second time around. And um, it was like basically it took me up until listening to it second time that this first song is uh was used as an intro song for this show that i used to watch all the time on um comedy central called this is not happening oh it's a show where comedians tell crazy stories and they're just like oh my god this can't be happening um it's it's that concept it's like the craziest story that they can think of and a comedian comes and tells it and this is the intro song and i had no idea and i always thought it was the coolest 
intro music, and I'm like, who who did this for them? And then I listen to this record, I'm like, oh shit, it's a run the run jewels the song. jewels LP baby, fucking LP dude, I just knock it out the park. I think out of all the albums, this one definitely gets the least amount of praise and attention. I think it definitely is forgotten a lot. But I think it's very much an, uh, a a first album. You can tell. I still, despite how good it is, I I, I love it, man. It's it wasn't even my first album, so I don't know why I have such a fondness for it. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's just the kind of rocking attitudes. They only had one really kind of like slow uh, song on here, you know, and all the others are kind of just bangers and just go off. Yeah, really go, especially Banana Clip, the the second song. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's so With good. Big Boy. Yeah, Big Boy fucking just talking a bunch of shit about Atlanta. I think Big Boy is also one of the best shit talkers. He, he uh, has a song <laughs> called General Patton that is just some of the best shit talking I've ever heard in a rap song. Uh, and that's basically what he's doing here, just talking shit about Atlanta. I, I was looking into this shit, too, because I remember only hearing Killer Mike and LP. The, the, only, the first times I'd heard of them, or the only times I've heard of them that wasn't Run the Jewels, was on Adult Swim. They would, yeah, they would well, feature their music. Yeah, for sure. They they actually met because the head of, I think the head of Cartoon Network, like, introduced them to each other. And they, like, made their first album and their first show was, like, at a, an Adult Swim event or something. Yeah, I can, I was thinking that the first time I was listening to it. I was like, dude, the only time I've ever heard of either of these guys individually was on Adult Swim. So they were obviously, like, supporting these two guys for a while. And I'm like, I yeah. 100% bet, because I'm pretty sure Adult Swim is based in Atlanta. I'm like, I'm, I 100% bet that that would make sense. Somehow Adult Swim has something to, we have to thank them for putting these two guys together. And then I looked it up and I saw that also. And I was I'm like, I fucking called it. I knew it. Like, that's like, how else would these guys meet? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think uh, LP is from Atlanta. No, he's from New York. Him. Yeah. See, there you go. From the. I was way off. <laughs> He's from Brooklyn, right? From Brooklyn. Yeah, he mentions Brooklyn in a couple songs. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that on Banana Clip, Killer Mike makes a reference to uh, to Baby Boy. You ever seen that movie <laughs> with uh, uh, Tyrese Gibson? No. Ving Rhames? No. It's a it's a fucking classic. Uh, but he basically he makes a reference to to Baby Boy. He talks about like uh, Melvin beating up. Uh, I'm gonna beat you. Uh, like I'm gonna be Melvin and beat you in, in front of Jody and blah blah. And it's basically like Ving Rhames' character beats the shit out of Tyrese Gibson in front of his own mom, and his mom just like sits there and watches fucking her son get his ass kicked. Dude. And uh, it's it's a really intense movie, but I always thought it was so bad. Like Snoop Dogg's in it and all this, but yeah, he makes like. <laughs> Big Boy makes, or uh, sorry, Killer Mike makes like multiple references to Big to Baby Boy, and I love that he called that out. I was like, I feel like I know what he's talking about, and then I went to Genius, and I was just like, Yes, he's talking about fucking Baby Boy. <laughs> really hard to get confuse the. I get Big Boy and Baby Boy, like too many, <laughs> too many boys, too many boys in this room. Yeah, fucking having a good time with all these boys in this room. Uh, and then 36 inch chain real quick. My favorite line on banana clip is I fuck like I'm headed to war. I think that's a great fucking line. 
LP. It's, I mean, it's pretty good, dude. <laughs> it's fucking great. And thir- yeah, 36 Chains love the little video, super video gamey, right? Yeah, it's got those kind of video game blips, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it sounds like I'm like, you know, killing something in like the Jurassic Park like Game Boy game. <laughs> and I'm about it, to go wreck shop on a fucking Velociraptor. <laughs> about to get the laser beam power up on a Diplosaur. <laughs> the, and on a fucking Dominican Republic shout out on this song, love that. What's up, man? Yeah, I mean, fucking Killer Mike knows what's up if he's talking about Dominican Republic. He knows where the 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 fucking where the good is. <laughs> you ever been to DR? Nah, man, never been. You're missing out, buddy. You gotta go to DR. <laughs> hey, man, we'll see when this. Uh, I'm not going anywhere till this pandemic thing is is figured out. Oh, yeah, I know. I was supposed to go to DR this summer for the first time in like four years, and it never really? happened. Yeah, Dang. really looking forward to it. And then we were thinking, oh, well, yeah, the summer trip didn't work out. Maybe we can do Christmas. And then the rest of the year happened, and we were just like, we're probably just never going to make it down. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Tokyo in uh, oh, March or May. Right. Yeah, and the money... They were like, we'll give you half your money back, and the other half is going to stay in this trip. So if you go within a year, you'll be able to use that money. So right. we're definitely not going to be able to use that money. No, unless like both of y'all get the fucking vaccine in the next couple months. I mean, even then, I don't know. Man, you'll you'll make up for it, though. You might lose some money, but you're definitely going to make it to Japan eventually. I'm I'm going to make it to Japan if it means I have to tour there, man. I'm going to get That's there someday. a great someday. reason to go. <laughs> I think so. That's one of the best reasons to go to Japan. <laughs> then go get a fucking waifu. Dude, apparently all the great music is in Japan. They love punk over there. And I've seen... Like, every band goes to Japan to tour, and every show that I've seen is, like, packed, and the crowd's going wild, and it's just an electric time, dude. Yeah, I think King Gizzard toured Japan, and, yeah, their pictures looked fucking amazing. So jealous. (laughs) Well, man, let's fucking take this podcast to Japan already. You know what? That's fine with me. Let's just go ahead. Let's pick pick it up. You got your suitcase? We'll pack it in. We'll just keep recording on the way there. We can go right now. Yeah, we'll just we'll record us getting COVID on the plane. <laughs> yeah. We'll record us getting over COVID in Tokyo. If you turn your volume up really loud, you can hear the second that I inhale the coronavirus. Yeah. And if you keep it up, if you keep that volume up really loud, you can hear our ventilators like later yeah. on in the episode. And that's worth hearing. That's good. That's good content right there. And isn't that what people really want to hear anyway? Yeah. Get COVID for a podcast. Like what? Some coronavirus ASMR. What a concept. (laughs) Only, uh, only part of, um, 36 chain, 36 inch chain that I did not like was the hook. Yeah. 
it's kind of <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of like the attitude, but it can get a little dumb after a while. Yeah, it, it, I th- I thought it was really it was a little like lazy. And I'll go around like I got a 36 inch chain. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, they also got Killer Mike's freaking iconic. Yeah. I love that. I think that's my favorite Dude, part of the song. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Whenever it, it starts, a, yeah. I wrote down, yeah, <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> like, I. It's so iconic. I love that man. part. <laughs> uh, it, I thought it was Lil John. I thought because yeah. he's from Atlanta also, so I thought it was Little John doing a little like cameo, and then I'm just like, oh no, shit, it's Killer Mike. A little yeah cameo. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, I guess we could just move on to uh, DDFH. Yeah, what was it? Uh, do dope, fuck hope. Do dope, fuck hope. Fucking fantastic. Also has a weak hook though. I didn't like the hook on you this song too much. You don't like the. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> do dope fuck hope. You don't like. I that? like the do dope fuck hope part. I don't like the haze. I thought the hay kind of reminded me of a USAA <laughs> that, that insurance <laughs> USA <laughs> bank jingle. <laughs> yes, that's what I think. That's what it made me think of, and I didn't like it. I think the haze were all the lead up to the to the do, dope fuck hope, and in that regard, are are great. But I could see how I mean, it could it be kind of weak. Yeah, I mean, it's there's some really cool like psychedelic like synthy stuff happening in the song, like yeah. super heavy distorted like bass drum and more tambourine. He's got your fucking tambo on yes, this one, also, dude. My underutilized tambo. Yeah, people don't use tambo enough. We should have had tambo in our metal band. You know, it's not too late. Yeah, you should just put one on your fucking. Uh, on your hi hat, and it would be like jingle bells every time we fucking played a song. <laughs> Man, this beat is so fucking dope, though. On this song, on, oh yeah, uh, I lo- it's it, so fucking cool. When the when the chorus when the hook comes around, it's got that dun 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 dun, and it kind of gets a more yeah. dark theme, kind of almost a little disturbing. Kind of reminds me of a rainy night in some dark alley or something. Ugh, man, it's so pleasing on the ear. It's so it is very creepy. Like it's like a horror rap song. Yeah, and I it's so good. I also want to say that ten songs, thirty three minutes. They they kind of keep their songs nice and short, man. Chef's kiss to that, buddy. That was one thing that I wrote on here. What I love that there's no fat on any of these songs. Yeah, man. Like sometimes they'll, I, sometimes they'll trade off verses and they'll go back and forth and have multiple ones. Some songs they just get like one verse each, couple choruses, and yep. then they're out. And like that's it. It's a three-minute beat. We're gonna write a three-minute song to that. No fucking musical no masturbation filler. that Kanye does. No fucking skits like a bunch of other rappers do to just like pad the fucking runtime on their albums. Well, we got How, we do have one of those. Many, uh, do we? <laughs> For uh, twin hype back. Oh, dude, we'll get to that. I that song. Um, <laughs> I think I already know what you're gonna say. Oh boy, um, yeah. There's, there are just too many new rap albums that are over an hour. There's no reason. I've been doing the album of the day thing all year, 
one of my, I'm realizing one of the things I dislike is when an album is longer than like 40, 45 minutes. You know, I've been finding that as well. I've been realizing that unless you're, unless it really needs it, if it's some sort of concept album or if you're some kind of really big deal and you can, it's hard to keep someone's attention for more than 40 minutes and albums usually don't even they don't need to be that long in the first place no man cut the crust off the shit sandwich yeah like you don't like i yeah dude the it's it does it's been driving me kind of nuts like how often i'm just like ooh, i want to check out that band or i want to check out that album especially rap and i'm just and i look and i go 100 or like an hour and 16 minutes yeah for a rap album yeah i don't want to listen to anything that long and so yeah I've, i've been the exact same way i've been finding these new albums and i'll kind of I'll kind of have a sigh of disdain when I see 14 songs, an hour and 10 minutes. And then I always find that the last four or five songs I never remember because I've kind of lost focus and lost interest by that point. It's a lot of filler. And I noticed that a lot of those rap albums, too, that they're that long because every song has at least one feature. That's true. It's just like there's also very few rappers that are that can carry the whole fucking album on their own, like J. Cole, you know, and uh, Kendrick a lot of times. Like he just has someone singing a hook, you know, but it's like these rappers that have like to baby and, and little baby. Oh, well, and that's fucking new guys. NBA young boy and all these. I, I can't stand this this brand of hip hop that's like huge right now. That's mostly R&B singing with a hip hop beat and people talking shit about fucking your girlfriend. <laughs> And there's no clever lyrics. There's no wordplay. It's it's very bland and boring. And then I'm looking at him like, oh, you have four features on this fucking song. You have three on the <laughs> one after that. And your album's an hour and 23 minutes. I'm not fucking listening to this. Yeah. I've, I can't do it. I, I've I've kind of been in the party of maybe maybe albums aren't so necessary anymore, especially for pop music, for rap music. You know, I, yeah, because it's the way that I consume most of my music, but same I've been, I've found that I've, I've been more magnetized to EPs, magnetized, magnetized to EPs and shorter albums. And with, with rappers, sometimes they'll just have filler songs that are, are nothing. They aren't so much special or anything. They're just there to pad the time. Yeah. And, and, uh, some rappers also have six minute long songs, which is completely unnecessary. (laughs) Rap is, goes hand in hand with pop and you, I don't want to hear a six minute pop song. It's just like, I don't want to hear a six minute rap song. I don't want to hear a soliloquy about life on the streets. (laughs) Like, I don't need to hear that shit. There's a guy called Absol, really good lyricist. Really. I love his delivery, but every single one of his songs is over five minutes and it made the album really hard for me to enjoy yeah it's i don't need to hear the hook three times or four times either like kanye does (laughs) that's also filler you're just like oh man i just want to fucking listen to this beat over and over again i'm gonna fucking play the hook again at the end i'm just like dude we heard it jesus yeah which you know another reason why i love this album because you can you can pop Uh, this thing out in half an hour you know and it's so fucking good it's it's all all tight filler all the songs are good to me. There's there's no parts of the songs where it's like, okay, I wish I could just skip forward to the next part. Yeah, none of that. None of that on this record. 
Um, no song overstates its welcome. That's true. No, yeah. Yeah. No song. Like there's no, ne- there hasn't ever been, there was never a time when I was listening to this that I was like, when is this song going to end? Yeah. There t- more often I'll be like, Oh, this, the song's over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Leave me wanting more. That's the fucking, that's the whole, like I look for that in a lot of, uh, music and a lot of people don't do that. They're too self-indulgent. Yeah. Uh, uh, action Bronson leaves me wanting more. A lot of his songs are two minutes and 45 seconds, two minutes and 30 seconds. And I, w- I wish they were longer. <laughs> I can listen to a four minute action Bronson song. I can listen to a four minute run the jewels song. Um, but yeah, I love this. This album was like, what was it like? 31 minutes or something? 10 it's, songs. Yeah. Beautiful. YouTube music says 33 minutes, man. Nice and beautiful. Concise. There's no, the only song over four minutes is Christmas fucking miracle, but that's, Mainly only because it's it's a very slow beat, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a cool way to end the record too. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, but before we um, get to that, yeah, sea legs, dude. Let's get to sea legs. This is this is definitely in my top two favorite songs on this record. Okay. Which I don't think anyone talks about it. I don't think anyone really cares about it. But I thought the production i love the snaps the kind of echoey snaps that start at the beginning and yeah the very drop like, that happens yes that drop um i was writing that i'm like this sounds like a, almost like a psych rock song and then that drop comes in you're like whoa that's fucking awesome yeah and uh, the drop is yeah the whole thing's great man the heavy heavy synth the, the just the really distorted bass <laughs> and another thing i love that hardly ever happens for some reason is uh people switching off on the chorus like on this mm-hmm. song lp and killer mike kind of switch off singing this chorus and doing this hook and i just i love that for some reason i just love hearing the the slightly different interpretations of the delivery you yeah know? and i don't know what they're talking about either uh i think i think what i got from it is that they're kind of experience in this game they got sea legs they're able to stay on this kind of rocking boat of of their career right now when they may be going a little more mainstream you know Mm. yeah yeah so they're saying like i got sea legs like because i always i for some reason when i hear sea legs i think it's like a bad connotation like oh i I don't have my balance but sea legs means you got your balance when things are rocky yeah i got sea legs yeah maybe they're yeah they feel established now you know they've like they've they've been in the game long enough maybe yeah apparently there might be like a a kanye diss in this song too oh really yeah where he mentions something about um kings and, and the killers and or other kings he uses fools yeah and it's i think the next line is is a is actually a line from a kanye song and then he says something about no i will not respect the throne or something or other, and it's like he could be talking about Kanye West there, like with Watch the Throne with Jay Z. That album was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently he's kind of dissing Kanye in this, which I kind of love. <laughs> I mean, go for it, man. They could do it, you know. Yeah, they they have. I don't even care how many stands Kanye has. Like he deserves people to be talking shit about him at this point. He's he's such a such a crazy figure and person. It's, it's kind of hard yeah, to stay on his side. He's his own hype beast. <laughs> it's true. He hype beasts his own fucking name and brand. And it's so disgusting to be honest, like to see 
what he came from and who he became, it's it's really fucking disappointing. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a heartbreak. Uh, but I don't know. But for me, we always, we always got those first albums. It's not like he deleted them. We always kind of got the, the context of yeah. that rise up where he was a producer and no one took him seriously as a rapper and he came up on his own. And that was, that was, you know, we'll always have that, even if now he's kind of just uh, being a freak. <laughs> you know, yeah, now he's legitimately like a sad figure in pop, popular culture. Yeah. He's gone from being a god to a lot of people to a lot of people just feeling sorry for him. It's a really like shitty decline to see this person like who has been probably struggling with mental illness their whole lives. And then it just gets magnified and magnified. And yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's, he's too revered. He's, it seems like he's found God. So that's good for him. That's, I don't fucking believe him. (laughs) You believe that shit. I don't care enough to believe one way or another, honestly. (laughs) yeah good point i don't know why i do i get so angry when i think about it i'm like he reminds me so much of donald trump where it's like dude you are you are you will just do anything for someone to pay you you fuck you you have no ideals you have no morals or values fuck you for exploiting religion to try and make money like so many fucking other people have done yeah he's he's full of shit man fuck kanye west Wow, controversial hot take here on earbuds. You heard it first. Yeah, before You're it goes on buds. <laughs> our our listeners, we're gonna call them buddies. Oh boy, you know hey, you know who aren't buddies? You and Kanye West. Nah, fuck that guy. We fell out. Y'all have had beef ago. since day one, dude. Dude, I've been, I I mean, I loved Kanye West. Kanye West is what got me into hip hop at a time where. I thought hip hop was fucking terrible in the early two thousands. There was a bunch of bullshit on the radio and they had all the, the stop, lock and drop it. Uh, and, yeah. Kind of the crumb. Uh, so, so bad and all the same. And, and it was huge and I never understood it. And then I heard uh, his first album college dropout. And this, I was like, this mm. is what hip hop is supposed to be. Maybe uh, another bloated album. But yeah, but it's fucking great. I think it's timeless. It's got some great stuff on it. Uh, I believe Jesus Walks is on that album. Yeah, Jesus Walks and Spaceship and All Falls Down. And yeah, and he's got that like signature chipmunk kind of soul mm-hmm. on those songs. He's the one that started that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's it's you you hear it and you think Kanye West. It's just Kanye West. Yeah, I mean, it was that, and that was a. It, it, unfortunately, it started a, that trend of everyone having beats like that, and it got real old. Well, yeah, uh, but everyone wanted Kanye to produce their shit after that. That's uh, true. But yeah, man, he's the one that got me into Most Def because Most Def was on one of those songs. He was on Two Words. Um, he got me into Talib Kweli. That's what got me into the Roots. That's what got me into mm. ti- a Tribe Called Quest, uh, Black Alicious. Like Kanye, fucking opened the world for me. Uh, in hip hop, and it it really bones me out to see who he became. He became who he hated. Yeah, like he became that's true. who he talked shit about on College Dropout. Yeah. Uh, but back to Sea Legs. My favorite line is "Smoking weed in a Buick Regal." I love that. <laughs> like smoking weed in a Regal, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Riding around in a Buick Regal, fucking smoking weed in Atlanta. That just sounds awesome <laughs> to me. Man. 
Um, I was listening to this on YouTube, like I said, because fucking Spotify sucks. And YouTube kept giving me ads for dry fire shooting ranges. <laughs> Have you heard of dry fire? I, 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 what? Yeah, dude. I was getting ads for dry fire shooting ranges, which is you simulate the discharge of a firearm, but you don't have any bullets in your gun. It's like a training pistol that also has laser software on it. So it shoots laser bullets and you can like basically do like shooting range, like shooting practice in your living room. So what have you been, what have you been interested in lately? Lucas, what's up, man? How you been? Are you okay? How you been feeling? Getting ready for the, and I'm, I'm getting ready for the inevitable civil war. (laughs) I've been looking up dry fire. Looking up good places to shoot my gun without bullets. Yeah. And that's what a horrible idea. Like, yeah, let's just like convince people to practice shooting their gun at their own home and uh, hope that they remember to take the bullets out. (laughs) I feel like it's got to be a cataclysmic contract (laughs) that you have to sign to shoot at that place. the, The liability, dude. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Um, but yeah, and then okay, so the next song real quick, job well real done. quick before we get uh, off sea legs. Uh that hook, it starts off low and then second half it explodes into that music. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They they do that really well too. Um they'll use like dynamics really well. Like LP will use dynamics really well in his beats. Yeah. Yeah. And it and sure. it reminds me of EDM. Like it's, I feel like it's very EDM like songwriting where he's just like, like we'll bring the beat down for a second and then fucking hit you super hard. And it's like, you don't hear that a lot in like general hip hop. It's odd because I don't looking in as shallow as I have into LP's history. It doesn't seem like he'd have any EDM influences, but, but he definitely know it's like all he listens to. I, you know, maybe, I, maybe I just don't know. I'm sure I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know we that guy. Know. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear who his influences are because I I only really hear like video game music and EDM and his influences. <laughs> Which one was the song that was featuring fucking Until the Ribbon? What song was that? That's this next one. That's Job Well Done. Ah, uh, okay. Who the fuck is Until the Ribbon Breaks? Dude, I don't know, but I I'm who pretty sure he makes people? an appearance on like every album. <laughs> Do they really? I, I, I'm pretty sure he was at least on the second one. Uh, I could be rem- remembering wrong. It's it's a very odd feature, isn't it? Yeah, it's and it's not good. It's not like, like it sounds like they're just singing a chorus from one of their own songs and using it as a hook no. for a Run the Jewels song. I was thinking about Boots. I was wrong about the him being on the second album. Oh, is he? He's on the the third one. He might not even be on the third. I might have just made that up. They just get some yeah, white people to them. sing some choruses sometimes, and I always get mixed up. It's Boots who's Fucking... on the couple albums. I got them mixed up. Okay, yeah, Ed Sheeran is on the latest record of the game. It's the weirdest fucking feature. Um, <laughs> so, so you, yeah, you didn't like the feature thing. at all? Uh, no, it's I did not like the chorus. Uh, I didn't like the way that the guy sang and I listened to some of until the ribbon breaks, like their actual own music. And I don't like it at all. 
<laughs> just not a fan of this guy. No, it's two guys, and and I don't think they're good. Oh, it's two guys. It's two dudes. It's two dudes from from the UK. Uh, they're from Wales. Hmm. And it says their music blends genres like electronic, pop, rock, and hip hop, but it's all done with a sharp alternative edge, aka it kind of sounds like Imagine Dragons, but with more uh, hip hop oh, influence. <laughs> I really, I really well, disliked it. I but I love the beat of the song. I love everything else about it. It it grew on me over time. The hook grew on me over time, and so I'm fine with it now. But I I do think that. These are some of my favorite verses. Yeah, on the yeah. album, I love how aggressive it starts. Killer Mike is super aggressive from the get go. He just goes into Killer Mike and LP. Fuck boys, know the combination name. Healthy, tell me if you smell it, dude. I talking oh shit. This God. this is the I want to learn. Yeah, this is the one that has the best shit talking this, I've ever. Like that verse by LP is some of the best shit talking I've ever seen. Oh, dude, fuck you, gonna sell me. Yeah, what is he like? Oh my god, I gotta read some of it here. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, the beat goes hard as well. Oh, and in uh, LP's verse, when he's referencing all these all these different things, and he kind of adds the sound effects like of a dolphin, uh, of the yeah. of like a yeti, and I think what might be one of my favorite just kind of background add-ons on this entire record is the kind of gang like, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. It, it only happens on his verse. It might be the monks he's talking about or the workers, but when they just, oh, for some reason, that's like, I just love that. Yeah, I think you're right, though. Um, yeah, the hook is probably the worst part of the song, but yeah, man, that that part where LP is like, yeah, there's the dolphin part. Dolphins prone to rape. Like, he's talking about how much, like, dolphins will fucking, like, what they'll do to listen to it. Monks will fucking light themselves on fire. Until we release this album. Yetis will come out of the woods to fucking buy this album. Workers at a sweatshop will kill their bosses to fucking buy this album. Ants will surround their queen and chew the fucking head off. Like, I, that yeah, is dude. some of the best shit talking. Pri- priests will take the cocks out of their mouths to hum along when the chorus drop. Like, uh, it is just talking so much shit. And dude, it's some that's, of the best. that might be one of my favorite lines. Uh, <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, man. Face make a whale off the coast scream you gotta stop oh man yeah it's uh this is like some of the strongest uh some of the strongest like lyrics on the whole album and it's just really unfortunate that that hook really like makes me like the song it's kind it's a very odd one and the beat honestly is not the best either it's not it's not it doesn't stand out yeah like it's i kind of like those guitars then but it gets a little annoying after a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the fake like choral voices, like the synth voices. The do 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 like it that gets like I feel like it's very easy. Like I feel like I could have written that. And that's probably insulting, but I I honestly I'm just like, yeah, that's some that's like something I would write. I don't think it it took a lot of like thought, you know. Mhm. And I feel like a lot of his a lot of LP's beats take you can tell that he's like, he sits there, he revisits, he's like, what else could I put on this? And he's like, oh, this fucking little, or this, you know, like fucking, he thinks of all these little random things to include in his beats. That makes it so yeah. fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, but I do love on this song how it ends with, with Killer Mike saying like, real bad guy shit. <laughs> run, 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 run the tools. This is real bad guy shit. Real it's just like, bad dude, guy it's almost shit. like, is they're almost like playing characters. 
it's it's funny because it's like it's almost like a caricature of <laughs> of being a bad guy because they're not bad guys. I know they're not bad guys. I've seen Killer Mike. This dude's an activist. Like I've seen LP on shows. Like he's actually really funny and seems very chill. They both seem very chill and very smart. So like I just love saying like this is real bad guy shit. I'm like. I believe you, but I know you're not bad dudes. <laughs> well, they they reference they I like that's the vibe. They they very much like to think of themselves as the bad guys. Uh, I remember there's a couple other lines when he's saying they're the antagonist bad guys. Mercy me, merciless me, putting pain in they sad eyes. Yeah, yeah. So they, I don't. They I love don't know. to think that. <laughs> they love to think that. Yeah, and I think it's like they really are. Like I think they tap into a character that they're playing. In a lot of these songs, mm. and I, I I I dig when people can kind of uh, it is a in a way a concept. Well, let's go into no come down. What do you think? Fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. Wanted to blast until the ribbon breaks a little more, but I was just gonna. I was just listening to that hook on repeat. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> it's like therapy. Uh, no come down. I think is probably the most psychedelic they mm. get on the album. It's tasty, dude. Whatever that synth thing in the background that's like a laser ray, it's so fucking fun to listen to. <laughs> I I like the the lo-fi beat and just kind yeah. of the ambient kind of background noise they got and that that synth. It's very uh, sci-fi, it makes right? Sense. It makes sense cuz this is like a whole you know, this the whole song's about them being tripping on drugs and stuff. Yeah, I love it. It's very sci-fi. It almost reminds me of like um like the Blade Runner soundtrack or Tron or something. Mm. Very Tron ish. Like uh Yeah, it does kind of have those like those uh little in the back. Yeah, those arpeggios. Yeah. yeah. You love those dang arpeggios, dude. He's bringing it up. I just know the name. That's All true. I, and I only know it because of uh, <laughs> I also love those the goddamn pictures. what was that fucking band that saying madness muse yeah muse they were the they were the first place I heard arpeggios <laughs> they use them on like every song <laughs> they do they love those yeah. things <laughs> uh, yeah and and this is another one where the hook is also like not the strongest hook but i love it and it might just be because they're talking about drugs but i i really love the hook uh, i get so I thought high, this was I, 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 like it's so great i close my i thought it was great it's great man. yeah when i first heard it i was like but, uh, you know like kind of cheesy yeah. i think what i like even better than the hook though is what comes immediately after you know, Which is, when he's like, I won't come down and I won't come. And it kind of decrescendos. Yeah. Uh, and it gets like quieter and quieter until it uh, gets to uh, Killer Mike's verse, I believe. Yeah. It's uh, talking like. Or maybe I'm thinking. Yeah. No, he goes. Killer Mike goes second. Uh, where he talks about starting to do shrooms. And then he fucks that girl that gives him shrooms. They pop three caps and three stems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, made, made me and this woman made love in Comet, traveled to the moon, came back when we were finished, fell to the earth, lost each other, died, and we came back, sister and brother. In that lifetime, we couldn't have each other, so we killed ourselves, and it killed our mother. 
two romance and one lap dance. I was in my future, my present and past. Like he is tripping the fuck out and it's hilarious. <laughs> and this would be a great song to listen to on shrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like you don't got to talk to me about well, the melt walls melting and eyes popping out of toasters. Man, you're a fucking silo cyborg. <laughs> You still a Cybin, which they reference a couple times on this album. Yeah, I think they both like to trip, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, man. The, the smartest people I know have tripped at least once. Thank you. Well, not you, but everyone. No, else. you said the smartest people you know. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Don't embarrass me right now. Come on. And one of the apparently the hook of that song is a reference to like a Three Six Mafia song too. Yeah, I think it's like the song's like it's called "Stay Fly," and I think it it goes something like that: "I stay fly, I stay fly," something like that. You know, I bet I would recognize it if I if I heard it. Yeah, have you ever seen Hustle and Flow? I've seen a little bit of it. I remember the. They got the McDonald's cups and they used that to soundproof the room. Yeah. That's about all I remember. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> integral to the plot. Uh, I love that movie. And it yeah. was it was one of my favorites for a long time. And I didn't know uh, that 3-6 Mafia wrote all the original songs in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they wrote the Heart Out Here for a Pimp and they won a fucking either a Grammy or an Academy Award for it. I mean, yeah, that was a pretty big song. Yeah, they they won best original <laughs> song, and it was a hip hop song. I I do also remember when they brought the girl in to sing the hook, and he kept being like, "Come on, like you gotta feel it, you gotta really feel it." Yeah, Stop feel faking. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh man, I fucking love that movie. But it was like it was one of those movies that like made me feel manlier when I watched it. Yeah. And then I watched it a little bit later on in life, like in my late 20s. And I was like, uh, this shit's kind of toxic. I'm rooting yeah. for a pimp. <laughs> but he's a nice pimp. He's a, he's a good pimp. He's so good to them. <laughs> and he has great hair. <laughs> and that's isn't that what really matters? And that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, let's go to get it, dude. Finally, a hook that I like. Despite how simple it is. It's. I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of stuttering. Yeah. And a uh, very like simple melody that he plays through it. Like just those four notes that, that play throughout pretty much the whole song. Yeah. Super simple, it's, but it, great. Yeah. It ha- it is very simple, but to great effect. It very much gets across the vibe of the song. Yeah. Another. I can't I can't not hear it now. It's so glitchy and video gamey, all of his beats. And I love uh I another thing I love is when uh people their first line before the first line happens, they kind of stutter what the first word is gonna be. And LP loves to do that. Yep. Like uh hey hey ki- hey kids. Yeah, he yeah. loves doing that. I like I like them too, man, because they're so good, but they know they're so good, and so they can make fun of themselves. <laughs> and it's like they talk so much shit, but they don't take themselves that seriously. 
I love that mm-hmm. about about both of them. And I, I, I like I love the line fucker rappers life up like Monique did to Precious. Like, oh, that's so fucking you know what that's what that's talking about? I remember Precious. I remember when that movie came out, but I never watched it. Me neither, but I, I mean, you know who Monique is? Nah. Monique plays the mom in Precious, and from what I know, the mom is a piece of shit, like, abuser, and, like, oh. treats the treats pe- Precious like shit, so I, I love the line, fuck a rapper's life up like Monique did to Precious. Like, that's <laughs> fucking great. And there's a lot of great social commentary on this song, too. Like, Killer Mike definitely bringing social commentary into these uh, some of these tracks. But nothing like uh, what they would become, man. I, I feel like Run the Jewels Four was a straight up protest record, and it came out right when all the BLM shit was blowing up this summer. Oh yeah, right when all the protests I were mean, blowing they, up. It was protest music, man. It was so fucking good. You would have thought they recorded the whole thing a week before they released it. It felt like it, right? It felt so perfect for when it came out. And I think that was the story yeah. too: was that they didn't plan on releasing it that early, but then they thought we need to put this out. It's the perfect time. It was genius. It's some of those songs are like, listen to when Killer Mike's talking about how you know saying like he uses the words "I can't breathe" in several of the songs and uses it to the effect of just like where he sounds like he's choking. And mm. they're man, it, some of the like it's so raw. That whole album is so raw, and they both sound fucking pissed. And this like this song and. uh and the one before it, no, no come down are the two like most pissed off songs on the record. And I think they're like two of my favorites. No come down. Yeah, dude. No come. Oh wait, no come down. I'm sorry. I was talking about, um, get it and job well done. Yeah. 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 Both of those are so fucking angry and I love it. Yeah. I, yeah. What this album does kind of lack over all the others is that kind of social commentary and they, they have it in here. But it's definitely do. not very it's not the main kind of priority of what they're doing on this first LP. Yeah. This is very much like where their latest record it's like it's fucking caked, it's breaded in social commentary. And this yeah. one's more like peppered in this in this album. Um, it's like and they were maybe just that's kinda... why it doesn't get as much attention. They're, they're more just talking shit the whole time, you know, showing how good they are at lyrics, at being lyricists and wordplay rather than sending a message, you know. Yeah, they they focused on coming out into the game with this new project and being like, all right, here's what we're doing, here's what we're on. Right. Good. Like, yeah, just be like this is what we're bringing to the table. Like, this is how good we are. And I think that's probably why it didn't have as much impact on me because it's not as much of like, a, they're not trying to say much in it except like, we're just fucking really good at what we do. Mm. Um, but get it is a, yeah, get it's a great song. And unfortunately like twin hype is my least easily my least favorite song on this record. You know, that's exactly what I thought my first couple times going through this record. And it was only because of the feature Prince Paul, who the <laughs> fuck is this fucking guy, man? Like, but uh, let me let me say, the more I listened to this, and the more I just like accepted the absurdity of what he was saying, like, it took me until like my seventh listen to this album to like laugh at the dumb stuff he was saying. And it is like, very dumb. It's it's exceptionally stupid. 
Like, I don't mean to sound like a bro, but he sounds like a fucking virgin. <laughs> I got you a glass of beef eater. I got a brand new deck of Uno cards. Ooh, night's just he, started. Is he a comedian? Well, like, I've looked into him, and he had a few albums in the 90s, but he's not very popular. So I think he's, is just, he a, he's just like a DJ slash producer. I don't know if he's... I don't know if he's like mainly kind of a goofy dude, uh, but they—that's sure what he's doing on this song. It was—it was painful for me, man. The whole song had a very weird sexual energy. I loved the music, but all the rhymes were just like very forced. Like, yeah, I fuck. I f- look how look how much I fuck. Look how good I'm talking about fucking. Yeah, maybe they maybe they felt like there was a little pressure to. Oh, we got to have our we're good at sex song on the record. Well, I I took it all kind of as sarcasm as kind of like hyperbole and like ridiculousness. That's what I was trying to figure out too. I'm like, are they joking? Is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be kind of lame because it it does come off as very nerdy to be honest. It Honestly, it could go either way. Like, I wouldn't put it above them to just make a song where they're just talking, uh, you know, that they're just like, got my dick in her and she wet. It's very, you know, whatever. Yeah, I can see, I can really see myself artificially inseminating you. <laughs> does he know what he's saying? <laughs> but that, all right, but that's funny, though. But does he realize that artificially inseminating means you're doing it with like a syringe? You're not, you don't get to fuck her. That's well. That's what's funny about it, man. Is that this dude, Prince Paul, who's apparently I'm reading on Genius, is like a character from Handsome Boy Modeling School, oh. which I had no idea about. So he is a character. So he is supposed to be. No, funny. yeah, this is definitely no. This dude is not seriously saying. Let me give you a tongue kiss on your hot pocket. Yeah, I want to make love to your booty hole. I want to make love to your booty hole. It's so, it was so cringy to me, but you know that I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I have listened to handsome boy modeling school and I don't like them. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't dig it. There's something there's, there's a party vibe to it that I don't like. Mm. It seems like party music. Like it seems very frivolous. Well, next time, if you ever, if you ever find yourself listening to this song again, just kind of take all they're saying with a grain of salt. Know that this dude is not being serious about all the crap he's saying. Maybe maybe you'll enjoy it a little more. Maybe it won't change anything. But I, I would say if any song had to be left off the album, it probably would be this one. Yeah, this is the only one dis- the, other than the beat, which I absolutely love. Might be one of my favorite beats on the record with the cool, like, Kind of reminds me of the music from Black Panther with the additional drums and the timbales and um, mm. all that auxiliary stuff going on in the background. Like I loved uh, all the music and that the honestly everyone's verses were fucking weird to me too. The only the, there was only one line that I thought was really great, which is Killer Mike. Killer Mike has my favorite line on pretty much every song, and his is uh, <laughs> "They suck the dick and squeeze on my belly like bagpipes." <laughs> Like bagpipes. I love that image. And I love that he's like, he talks shit about his weight a lot on this record too. And like makes it really funny. I mean, I I must assume that 
his first music was talking about being fat a lot because he never the only time he ever talks about like his weight now is when he's just kind of like being forward and like confident about it and he got to this point where he's like yeah i'm fat and like that literally doesn't matter you know yeah it's like action bronson saying like uh now ever since i got big now all these now all these motherfuckers want to be chubby (laughs) and she's like yeah because you made chubby cool like killer mike's fucking owning it yeah for sure. In- uh, but I love, I mean, the, I love also that, uh, LP at the end of the, of twin hype, he says, um, run the jewels is not for the children. <laughs> and I love that he gives that warning at the, almost yeah. at the end of the record the where he's like, Hey, by the way, song. don't play this around your fucking kids. <laughs> um, but I love that because the next song is called a Christmas fucking miracle. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, he just said, we're not for the kids and we're about to prove it with the next song. <laughs> and this is Christmas fucking miracle is definitely, probably it's probably the only song where i relate to any of the lyrics really yeah because you know i don't know i'm not a baller or anything i'm not like hype i'm not Mm. trying to like you know be be cool or anything but this song has a lot of uh this is a very uh societal song yeah you know and it's talking about a lot of kind of keeping true to yourself and don't let the, the, the system break you down, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Even like killer Mike talks about raising kids as a single parent yeah. and how hard that is and how often that happens and, you know, communities that he grew up in and stuff. And he does, this does have probably the, the more, the most social commentary on it. And like, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the most personal song yeah. on the record. Like lines, like they they're talking about you know yeah like um how you you get money and you think you have power but you're really you're still a slave to someone yeah uh and then this in the in LP's verse uh shit'll get in your head and cause panic have you desperately begging to get famous like that's how I feel a lot like the only way I'll be successful is to get famous yep and there's like no other way that my i can be happy in life unless i you know get famous and i'm able to make this money because that's the only way that i'll make money off playing music yeah that's kind of what they i think a lot of people want you to think that that it's just like well the only way i can be happy or feel successful is if i reach this certain ladder or the certain rung on the ladder and it's just like i think happiness is um very subjective and a lot of people are just as happy working the nine to five and watching football on Sundays, you know, rather than making a difference in the world. And a lot of people feel like they're not happy if they're not helping someone, you know? And, and um, I think that's like, unfortunately, like what a lot of people deal with. And I think especially people who come, who don't come from money or who grew up, who grew up without a lot of money is money is the fucking goal. Money does money is the easiest way to show someone that you made it. The easiest way to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a pressure that a lot of people feel. Yeah. And they're definitely saying that, hey, that's not the bar of happiness or success. Uh, And even if you get to these places that you could only dream of, it doesn't guarantee you'll be happy. It doesn't guarantee you'll be your own independent person. Yep. Um, yeah, I love that. 
while you know while killer mike is saying all this kind of really deep commentary about like the struggles they, they deal with mentally on how they you know try and live their lives and how killer mike doesn't want to like sell out doesn't want to go soft doesn't want to yeah feel like he's um not being himself anymore like he's not gonna let fame get to his head um i love that he's also calling out like uh like a couple of old hip-hop records that spell america with three k's Mm-hmm. Uh, I, an Ice Cube record and another one by man I forget who the other guy's name was but he calls that out he's just like yeah we still spell America with three K's and it's like man it's it's fucking you know shit hasn't changed much this album came out seven years ago I mean the their, their first album came out seven years ago seven years later they put out their fourth album and it's the most angry and most um, social commentary of any one of their albums before that and yeah. I think it's like, unfortunately, <laughs> things are not changing. They're just getting worse. So I, I love that people can put that in and really get that anger out and try and send a message. I mean, the people who are listening to this, who are actually listening to the lyrics, they might actually get something out of it. Rather yeah. than a lot of other rappers that they don't really get anything out of listening to it except how to use you know material possessions to show how cool you are or how much you made it or you know a lot of new rap is just trying to make someone jealous i mean yeah and that's it's not just new rap rap has always had the original rappers had a lot of confidence and they had a lot of bravado which eventually just kind of mutated into uh like rappers where their entire identity is having these material things and all you gotta get as many women in the club kind of about being being tough and you can't you can't show any weakness or there will be real danger for you uh Mm. that you expressing your feelings is looked at as weak and like fake not real it's only it's only become very recently that there's this new genre of emo rap right where soundcloud rap well i don't know i don't think those are the same thing <laughs> soundcloud I mean, rap is like six nine and lil xan emo rap is more like extentation and uh uh peep little Lil peep. peep uh maybe trippy red i don't know if he counts but Jesse's guys talking, being a little more introspective. Uh, and it's, yeah. Isn't Uzi a little, a little that way too. Uh, Uzi fucking tweets about crying. <laughs> I, I would assume he's that a alone rapper. qualifies him. <laughs> I mean, a, a very, how many rappers are going to tweet? You know, I cry at least once a day. Yeah. And it's, I'm just, I'm just glad that we like, we're finally getting to this point. Uh, where we where people are being more expressive, finally they're looking human. Yeah, people are just being pussies and they're happy about it. <laughs> just kidding. It's like okay, well, now no, they're I've, all gonna go back, dude. Yeah, you scared I, them away. Now they're not gonna talk about their feelings anymore. I like the braggadocious part about rap, but I don't like bragging about material things. I'd rather you brag about your skills. And I don't like the homophobia and misogynist 
parts oh, of Oh, well, yeah, hip-hop. obviously. So <laughs> get rid of all that, and I'm happy, but I don't need someone telling me how sad they are. I, I don't want to, like, there's a very few artists that I'm willing to just sit there and listen to for 45 minutes about how sad you are. Well, I think it's a great breakthrough. I think it's good that I, people right. that people listening to these songs finally have some people to look up to. They finally have some lyrics that they can relate to from these people who are like them. And especially for this younger generation, yeah. which is the generation making this music. Right. You know? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the more people who are in the spotlight that are willing to talk about feeling sad, willing to admit that they're sad, especially guys, especially men, I think is a, is always a step in the right direction, whether I enjoy the, the product <laughs> or not. I don't like the packaging. I appreciate the message, but I don't like the packaging. Well, we'll see where it goes, man. It's still a very young genre. We'll see. We'll see where it develops. If it develops at all, if it becomes replaced by something else. Uh, um, I think it's going to become the new rock music because I know a lot of the beats that they're using. I mean, Uzi Vert, Uzi wears Marilyn Manson shirts and Slayer shirts and shit. Like I know that he's into metal. Uh, I know a lot of these like up and coming rappers are just dudes that grew up listening to a whole bunch of shit and they found that rap is the best way for them to express themselves. Yeah. But honestly, I think like a lot of this emo rap and SoundCloud rap uh, is going to end up being a new form of rock and roll. Like Not rock is exclusive genres, dying. by the way. Um, no, they're not. They're not. But I think um, the future of rock and roll is these emo rappers. I, I think you're right. I think it's already happening. I think there's already a, a generation so too, of kids yeah. that are growing up on this stuff that. Yeah. I mean, a rapper that's going to fucking name, you know, name drop the casualties <laughs> or name drop, like uh, you know, uh, uh, Metallica or Slayer or something like that. I mean, that's something that's like, that's crossover. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening is like the, the lines are being blurred a little bit more. Um, and it's been happening for a long time. They've been trying to make rap and rock work for a long time together. But I think this is like the natural it's happening because there are generations of people growing up now that listen to both metal and rap. It's not really one or the other anymore. Like there's people who are exposed to all those types of music that they weren't, maybe they weren't, their parents weren't, you know, my dad never listened to rap. He was never exposed to it. Yeah. It's so much easier to get access to these other genres. So it's going to be a lot yeah. easier to pull from all these different influences. I'm I'm extremely excited to see how our our music progresses in this new age. Yeah, I think we need to keep looking to Australia, man. <laughs> the future of music is whatever in they're doing. Whatever they're doing, they're doing right. Whatever they're fucking drinking down there, and whatever you they're know putting what? in the water. We're we're definitely gonna get to an Australian band on this podcast likely multiple times oh no doubt no doubt probably king gizzard probably violent I mean, soho for sure. probably special chef um yeah there's a lot to choose from man there's so much good garage rock and punk and psych uh i haven't heard a lot of hip-hop so i'm, I'm curious in australian hip-hop 
But for this, uh, for next episode, speaking of punk, what do you think about Pup? What are we talking about in the next episode? We're talking about Pup? We're, we're talking about Pup. The dream is over. I don't know much about Pup, but I'm excited to listen to it. I've, I've only heard probably like three songs by them total. So I'm super And those were all probably off their first album, right? I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you to hear them because I love this album. One of my favorite of all time. Uh, one of the very few albums where I did cry uh, listening to a song. Okay. So look forward to seeing which song it was. Yeah, tune in next week. Uh, what's the album called? <laughs> it's called The Dream Is Over. So next episode is about Pup, The Dream Is Over. I'm excited, man. Let me let me double check that. Yeah. <laughs> Fact check yourself. And while you do that, I, I will uh, thank everyone for listening. This is we're uh, one more episode, second episode in the books of earbuds with your buds, Lucas and Brett. Earbuds with your buds. All right, buddies. Tune in next Dream week. Is over for pup. This episode's over. We should give this album a rating. Ooh, good idea. Okay. And and also briefly how it stacks against the other albums. I know we talked about that a little okay. bit. Okay. I want your um yeah, good thinking. We need to write down this shit. Um but I'll go ahead. <laughs> I'll go first. You'll you'll rate it first? If you want some time. Okay, no, I'll If you want like a little time to think it over. I well, I'm going to rate this in terms of like compared to their other albums. Um Okay. So I'll say that their second one is my favorite. Their fourth mm. one is my second favorite, and this is my third. So they're, I don't really like their third record. Really? To be totally honest. Uh, I don't like it that much. Really? But, yeah, this, I think, stacks, like, middle of the pack um, towards the bottom just because that second one was the first one I listened to, so it was the first one I got really, really into. And the fourth one is just, right. it, uh, I think, is a masterpiece almost. So uh, I have emotional connection to the second. I have a musical connection to the fourth. But this one, I mean, I would rate this a solid eight point something. A solid eight. I was, you know, I was going to give it an eight. Really? I thought you were going to give it more. Well. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's an eight. It's a, it's a fantastic album. I don't think it's the best they've done. I don't think it's extremely extraordinary, but I thought it was a killer debut. Yeah, for sure. I love all the songs on the album. I haven't listened to the other album recently enough to kind of stack them against each other, but I'm for sure going to do that after this recording. <laughs> yeah, it's like what I did with Arx Bandits. I, I fucking listened to so much Arx Bandits after we talked last week. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so we both give it an eight. I I I remember you telling me this was your favorite one, and I when I f- listened to it the first time, I got legitimately a little worried because I did not like it that much. <laughs> but the second time around, it was. I realized how good it is. And I think it was, it, I was not giving it a fair shot at first because I was comparing it to the second one, which I think is their best one. So I think, I think the more you listen to it, the more you're going to like it. Yeah. You're probably right. And compa- I mean, yeah, I think, I think their later works definitely bring about like a maturity uh, that develops their sound for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right, but I love this album. 
I may I don't know. Maybe I'll listen to the other three and it won't be my favorite anymore. Maybe it'll be another one. I the the fourth one was absolutely killer when it came out and I haven't listened to it since for some reason. Mm. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, man. We'll Go see. back. Maybe and I'll to maybe that. I'll post about it on on our social media as kind of a little bonus post. Uh, that's not a bad idea. I, I honestly think like the fourth one is a very close second, um, to me. Uh, it's, it's like I said, I think it's almost flawless and that second and the, and their second record is also almost flawless. Uh, but more like they just, I felt they brought it harder in the second record in terms of, um, lyrics, lyricism, but they definitely mm-hmm. hit the ground running For sure. hard on this one. This is a great first record. And like we were saying before, like definitely listen to this album before you listen to us talk about it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening again. Earbuds podcast. Yeah. Good job. Uh, bud. Good job to you, bud. You know, I thought we both did probably an eight out of 10 performance on this one. This was an eight out of 10 for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Let's make sure to bring it next time. This was, this was weak. Bye, buddies. Bye.